This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse for free trial membership. This is Writing Excuses, Season 4, Episode 3, How to Manage Your Influences. 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. I'm Howard. All right. Managing your influences. This is another wacky Brandon podcast uh, where I come up with a topic. And this is just something I've noticed about myself as a writer that it's sometimes been a challenge to me to not be overly influenced either by people around me, by media I experience, by books I read, all of these sorts of things. And I think it's a problem larger than me because I've had numerous friends and aspiring writers that I've talked to come to me and say, wow, you know, I just watched this movie and now I want to write a book just like that. Mm-hmm. And that is actually both good and bad at the same time. Uh, the converse is true. Yeah. Now I just watched this movie, and now I want to make sure that nothing like that ever <laughs> enters into my work so that nobody says I'm being derivative. Well, mm-hmm. and one of the, one of the common um, questions I get, it's not ne- necessarily at all the most common, but surprisingly often people ask me, how do you avoid being influenced by whatever you're reading How do you avoid sounding like that? Um, Which is actually a very good question um, because I've approached doing this on purpose. I think we talked about this in one podcast with um, with uh, me imitating Robert Jordan. Well, not imitating, but wanting to be influenced by Robert Jordan in working on the Wheel of Time. We're going to do the opposite now. We're going to talk about avoiding that. So um, step part number one, let's let's talk about the media first and we'll talk about people second because being avoiding people influencing your work is important too. How do you guys avoid being influenced by the media? Do you? Hmm. Um, well, p- part of it is what Howard talked about where uh, you, you want to specifically excise you know, any, any illusions that people could draw. I just wrote a schizophrenia book and I wrote it knowing that there was a vast you know, genre of schizophrenia fiction, maybe not a vast genre, but there's well-known things like A Beautiful Mind, and people kind of know how the the schizophrenia arc is going to go. And so I specifically tried to break out of that in some ways and make mine different. And uh, let me me remind, let me phrase this again. It is good sometimes to be influenced Mm -hmm. by great works and great media. And we did talk about that in a podcast. This is the opposite podcast. A lot of times you don't want to be. And so we're going to approach how to not do it when you don't want to. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that it's always bad, but there are times you don't want to. For instance, for me, when I'm reading a Terry Pratchett book, it would be very (laughs) bad for Terry Pratchett's voice and style to Mm -hmm. start showing up in my epic fantasies. Why? Well, Terry Pratchett's a genius. He writes great books, but they're so different in tone. One of the reasons that I read them when I'm writing is because they're so different in tone that I have less of an urge, less of a, an unconscious urge to put that in my book. But at the same time, it'd be terrible if, if I ended up writing a Terry yeah. Pratchett-esque chapter in the middle of a Mistborn novel. Yeah. Um, so how do we avoid this? Uh, you know what? I avoid it by, hey, I, I don't have uh, cable television. Okay. I, I just, no, I don't watch the voiding media any, altogether. I don't, I don't watch. I don't watch any. You watch TV. a lot of movies. I do watch a lot of movies, mm-hmm. um, but I'm not. I'm not inundating myself mm-hmm. with uh, with with outside with outside influence. Um, it's funny that you mentioned Terry Pratchett. Uh, lots of well-meaning fans compare my stuff to Terry Pratchett stuff, mm-hmm. and what they're actually comparing is the fact that. I adopt a voice that is very similar to Terry Pratchett's voice anytime I'm writing footnotes. They oh, start yeah. to sound right. a lot like Terry Pratchett's right, footnotes. Your footnotes. That yeah. is inescapable, and I just have to put up with it. 
Um, I will always be, you know, the cartoonist who wrote Terry Pratchett style footnotes um, <laughs> and, and not Howard Taylor, you know, when you're looking at the footnotes. And you know, sometimes, sometimes you have to just be okay with it. Yep. Um, once in a while you just do. And uh, this might be a hard podcast to talk about because of that very reason. For instance, when I was writing the Mistborn novels, I knew that there was no escaping the fact that I was writing in a specific type of genre. And I couldn't really write either in the heist genre or the um, overthrow the evil empire genre without stepping into some of those shoes. Um, mm -hmm. And as much as I try to be original in my fiction, you can't be original all the time with everything because there's just too much that's been come before you. Um, and so you, you can't avoid it all the time. But I do think, oh, Dan, you go ahead. Yeah, I, was gonna, I think what we're talking about um, with, without actually saying it out loud is, is that there's a difference, and, and what we tr are trying to do is not to avoid influence, but to avoid accidental influence. Uh -huh. We yeah. all have influences, and all three of us very specifically look for certain influences that we know are going to help us. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't even know that it's avoiding accidental, it's avoiding the accidental unconscionable in influence. Right. Where yeah. somebody would look at it and say, Oh, you totally ripped that off. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, that doesn't belong in this piece. For yeah. a short period of time, you change tone drastically because you happen to watch a, a film that you enjoy a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and I think what, what Dan is bringing up here is something we've talked about on the podcast before, which is being learning to be conscious about yourself as a writer. Yeah. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean you have to sit down and say, this is going to be my style and I'm going to develop it um, because <clears throat> style is such a such a organic thing, but being conscious about your decisions, being conscious about what you are doing in your fiction and why you are doing it. Um, be, in other words, being a professional, knowing mm -hmm. what you're doing rather than just letting it happen. Um, this is not to say you shouldn't sometimes discover or write your stories, but being conscious of that. And maybe you need to be aware of these things in revision a little bit. Yeah. Maybe for you as a writer, the best tool to use is just write your story. It doesn't matter what your influences are. You look back and find your be the best sections and say, okay, this has to be the tone for the entire piece. Yep. And now I rewrite to keep that tone. Mm -hmm. Something that comes up a lot <laughs> in uh, the, the various writing groups that I've been in is we'll read along and a new character will show up. And then in the writing group, someone will say, oh, is that based on this guy? Uh huh. And if... You know, even if you didn't do it on purpose, uh, someone once asked if I had based a character on someone from Veronica Mars, which I have never even watched. And so, no, I didn't. But if everyone in the writing group thought that, then, then that's something I need to keep an eye on. So, Well, this is why um, we, there's an old adage in writing, which I think needs to be expanded. I don't think it's a, um, a hard, fast rule, but it's the, the concept of write what you know. Mm -hmm. And my yeah. thought on that has always been, well, write what you know. I write in completely made up fabricated worlds with um, completely fabricated laws of physics. Write what I know, what do you mean? Um, well, that does actually apply to fantasy. And I, it, it's this, the reason I get kind of a burr under my saddle whenever, can people still use that, that phrase, by the way? Um, yeah, yeah you know, I still hear it. So, if you don't okay. change horses midstream, you okay. can also have a burr under your saddle. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is why it annoys me when people who don't write a genre say, I'm, I'm going to write that stuff. Th they don't read a genre. Mm -hmm. I'm going to write the stuff because it's selling. Um, and mm -hmm. that's the reason that it, that bugs me so much is because I feel that you need to be aware of what's gone on in the genre. What are the cliches of the genre? So you don't unconsciously just be influenced by one book that you've mm -hmm. read. And you see a, a, a lot of bad fantasy come from people who have only read Tolkien. 
and how now decide to write fantasy. They've read one thing, or they've seen the Lord of the Rings movies, or they, um, I mean, there's, there's just, I don't want to name names, but yeah. there's a spectacular failure around the year 2000, um, 1999, where someone who'd read only one author said, I can write a fantasy novel, because, and then wrote just like that author, and it was a spectacular failure. Know the body of work, know what people have done, know what the breadth of the genre is, and mm-hmm. then step into the genre and have something to say. Okay, diatribe over. Let's go ahead and... Um, <laughs> well, let, let, yeah. before we leave that topic, mm-hmm. um, I, that, that made me think, you know, the, the story I just told about the Veronica Mars illusion, what that really means is that I was being influenced by the same thing that the writers of Veronica Mars right. were being influenced by, mm-hmm. which arguably means that I was just writing a cliché. Uh-huh. It's that broad. Okay, and yeah. So something like that is a very subtle level of being influenced by just media right. and, and storytelling. Well, and if I find out... It may that, also yeah. mean that you're tapping into a fundamental archetype. Yes, but also you want to be aware of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when Doesn't enough people say something like that, I go find what it is they're talking about. Even if I've never experienced this genre, say, okay, yeah. what are they tapping into? What am I tapping into? How can I make sure that I'm, um, that, you know, that it's interesting? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mm-hmm. Howard, you've got our book of the week. I do. Uh, Nassim Nicholas Taleb's book, The Black Swan. Uh, I read this about, uh, I want to say, uh, six months ago, uh, eight months ago. And you know, talking about influences, this book, uh, th- this book influenced me uh, pretty distinctly because one of the things that he talks about in this book, it's nonfiction, uh, one of the things he talks about in this book is the principle that we look at uncommon occurrences, we look at you know, the great disasters or wars or political upheavals or whatever, we look at these things and then tell ourselves stories about how they happened. We, you know, we, we look at cause and effect or we want to see cause and effect. And he describes the reasons why that's kind of all in our head. And these stories we tell ourselves are, uh, are just that, are stories. And for a writer... I think that this book is extremely valuable because it will help you, it will help you identify that process. It'll help you look at current events and let them influence you in the right way as you, you know, derive your own stories from what it is that you're seeing. Thanks. Um, Audiblepodcast.com slash excuse. All right. Uh, The second half of this podcast is about not letting people take over your stories. Oh, yes. um, it will. People will try to do it a lot, mm-hmm. and we mentioned this in the uh, podcast we did on writing groups long ago. It's time to hit the topic again and dig a little bit further into it. How do you guys avoid letting your fans or just your friends or people take over your stories? I gave Sandra moderation rights in the Nightstar <laughs> forum and blog under Schlock and a couple of other places so that I don't have to go in there and see what people are saying about what I just wrote. Okay, okay. so Howard, <laughs> both times I've said, how do you not be influenced? You say, I just don't do that. 
I avoid, I avoid it. it altogether. I avoid it entirely. Well, great. <laughs> um, Hope that helps you guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening. So don't ever show your books to anybody and um, maybe <laughs> deafen yourself. So if they try to say something about them by reading. Okay. Dan, no. how do you avoid letting people take over your books? Um, part of it is what we talked about before about just being very aware of what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and and standing strong against that. I th- yeah. one, one of the rules we gave in our write, writing group thing is don't try to defend your work in a writing yeah. room. And oh, yeah. I, I feel that when you start to do that, when you start to defend your work, you get into a defensive mindset and you start to think, I need to appease this person. Yeah. I need to give them what they want. Not necessarily. What you need to do is create the art you want to create and you know, then make it good enough that other people like it. That doesn't mean giving them exactly what they want. Oh, wow. That was brilliant. Say that. Can you say that again? (laughs) Do you even know what you... What did I just say? Create the art you want to create and then make it good enough that other people like it. That doesn't necessarily mean you're giving them what they want. Yeah. Wow. That's good. That's awesome. Okay, I'm done uh, for the for the. Well, <laughs> You're out of excuses. Now go right. We're three minutes short. No, no Brandon's going to keep talking. You guys I'm, can carry the rest of this. No, that was <clears throat> that was great. Um, what you were, what I thought of when you were saying that is to say there are a lot of great things you can do. Keep that in mind. There are always tons of great things you can do. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean they all belong in your story. Um, and the, the problem we're talking about here is when you give someone a piece to read um, and they read it, or even when you see a film that you enjoy, it gets back to this other concept and you say, wow, I want to do something like that. I have just seen X. I just saw Avatar. I just saw The Dark Knight. I just saw a movie that I really loved. I want to go do that now. Mm-hmm. And tell, realizing yourself, okay, maybe there are things that I can learn from this story, things that I can apply to my fiction in general, but every story can't do everything. Mm-hmm. And since there are lots of different ways to approach telling a story, you don't need to cram every one of them into your book. And you have to realize sometimes, it's, sometimes there are good things that don't belong in your book. Yeah. With regard to um, you know, responding to, to writing groups, and you know, in my case, uh, you know, the, the story isn't finished, and people are already you know, yeah. reading the, you know, the chapter I finished a month ago. Um, See, it's, it, yeah, you can't avoid mm. me because we go to the gym and I'm reading your stuff and I say, gee, Howard, I'm hoping this will happen. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and when you make comments like that, uh, I take them a lot more seriously than when random Nightstar viewer does. OK, because, b- because take that you, random well, Nightstar no, viewer. Exactly. Exactly. Well, because you've got uh, with your two things. One, mm. you're a friend whose tastes I'm more familiar with. Right. I, I know you a little bit better as an audience. And two, um, you're educated and you are an educator uh, in this field. And so you're going to articulate yourself differently. And if there's a problem with the story, you're going to know what it is and why it is mm-hmm. rather than just saying, you know, nebulously, yeah, I, I don't like this. Something's wrong. Um, Thank you. Okay, I have another Brandon influence story Uh-oh. here. Um, the, the book we are currently writing, doing in the writing group, which is the, the schizophrenia book that I wrote, we hit a point two or three chapters ago where Brandon said, this did not work for me. This mm-hmm. is not the book I thought it was going to be. I thought that I got to solve the puzzle of, of what was real and what wasn't, and I'm starting to realize that it's not working the way I wanted it to. And I went home and I thought, man... That's, that's terrible. I, what, what can I do about that? 
and I, I, my first knee-jerk reaction was, well, I have to change all this. I have to make it, you know, I, I have to be able to put all these pieces into place. And then I stopped and I said, no, I need to just go back and read it. And I read through my notes and I read through the rest of the chapters and I thought, this isn't what Brandon wanted it to be, but I think it's what I want it to be. I'm just going to let it go. I'm going to keep, you know, keep it in the writing group and I'm going to see if what I'm trying to do ends up working for him. Right. And so I specifically had to back off of that influence and say, okay, let's, let's see if, you know. If what you're doing works. Yeah. And, and this is one of the reasons why we've suggested um, to listeners that they don't rewrite their books as they're being workshopped. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it helps fix this a lot. Um, if Howard doesn't talk or cough <clears throat> while I'm trying to talk, um, <laughs> or if I don't cough. Oh, wow, that was a big one. Um, we need like. To avoid your <laughs> We're all trying to avoid Howard's cold influence right now. Um, but yeah, workshop it after the fact. Set the comments aside. Don't ever change anything. Mm -hmm. Immediately knee jerk after someone says it. Read through the book again and read through the comments again. And it, you know, in in a case like Dan's, it could simply be, and and this is what I've thought on, on Dan's book is, it's not that he's doing the the plot wrong. It's just that I've been given the wrong signals. Mm -hmm. and, and, and see, this is, this is what you get into is if he went and changed his entire book because of one comment someone said um, without realizing the basis for that comment is you know, digging deeper, yeah. understanding it, yes. why they made the comment, not just wanting to appease them, not giving them. It's like, when you're, it's like when your kid wants candy and you want to give them vegetables. You understand why they want vegetables. You've still got to give them vegetables, and eventually mm -hmm. that'll work. Um, yeah. Is that a good <laughs> metaphor? I don't know. I've no, I think that's a great old, vegetable. So. <laughs> it's tired and we're late. Yeah. Um, um, yes. I think that's a great point to end on is, you know, when you get comments, when you start receiving influence from, from readers yeah. and other people, don't just change what they tell right. you to change. Look at their issue and try to figure out what's really going on. Yeah. Find the real core of what their, their problem or their suggestion is and then see if that is helpful. Right. And that's when I was yeah. doing audio engineering, we talked about that. The customer always knows when there's a problem. The customer never knows what the exact fix is. Mm -hmm. right? You know, they don't know which knob to turn. That's your job as the engineer or as the author, as the artist. Um, that's one of the reasons that I respect Brandon's opinion so much is that he is a consumer of my art, but he's also somebody who's expert enough to sometimes know, you know, which knob needs to be adjusted. So Dan and I are of different opinions. Dan will ignore Brandon's advice, no, and no. I will sometimes take it. Was it was right for Dan to adore Brandon's advice. In fact, I think in that very time, I said, you should probably ignore this, or at least someone in the writing group told you that. Well, and it's, it's yeah. not ignored advice. It's yeah. just consider the advice very carefully. Yeah. yeah. All right, um, it's my turn to come up with a writing prompt, and so I'm going to suggest that you write a story in which you pretend a famous literary figure or historical figure is sitting over your shoulder giving you feedback on it. And you are writing according to what they're telling you to do. So come up with a plot, an outline, and then write your story pretending that Abraham Lincoln walked in and is telling you feedback as you write. <laughs> I don't know what that's going to do, but it should be interesting. This has been Writing Excuses that's gone way too long. Uh, you're out of excuses and so are we. Thanks for listening. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. 
They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storytellers' stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like, do you want to do a one-on-one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus.